Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page three of The Weird Weird West. We're still in the introduction, just laying the necessary groundwork for us to understand and enjoy the story to come. So far, this book has managed to disastrously botch the mapping of a crucial area that is like 60 yards on a side, and managed to firmly ground us in the rich historical setting of 1871 Dodge City, which does not exist. But those were the preliminaries. This is, after all, a time travel story. And so, quote, In order to play through this adventure, you need to know a little something about time and its nature. So we'll begin with a little physics lesson, Marvel style. If you're a true Marvel fan, when you hear the phrase, Marvel style, time travel, it makes you want to throw up. Quote, Picture time as a series of rivers and streams. Time begins trickling down from its source. Okay, classic metaphor. I'm in. Quote, Time begins trickling down from its source, the beginning of all things, and goes on to run down through a series of important historical events. Things like births, deaths, the Big Bang, the signing of the Magna Carta, the death of your goldfish Skippy, and just about everything else that happens to you, me, and Aunt May, eventually ending at its mouth, the end of all things. Okay, got it. One source, the beginning of all things. One mouth, the end of all things. Along the way, Aunt May. Marvel-style temporal physics. Quote, Most of us are like canoes floating down the river of time. We can only move forward at a slow, steady pace, and the currents and eddies sort of sweep us on down our destined paths. In the Marvel Universe, however, there are a few intrepid individuals like Reed Richards, Kang the Conqueror, and Doctor Doom who have managed to master time. These beings can move upstream as well as downstream, and vary their rate in either direction. Imagine a canoe that could alter its rate of downstream motion. Such is the genius of Doom. Quote, At each and every historical event, time branches off into an infinite number of rivulets, each comprising one of the event's possible outcomes. At the junction which represents World War II, for instance, there might be a branch representing the familiar Allied victory, a branch representing an Axis victory, a branch representing the possibility that the major powers might have signed an armistice years ahead of schedule, and many, many others. Leading from beginning to the end, therefore, are an infinite number of possible temporal pathways, or time streams. Gotcha. River, one origin, the beginning of all things, splits into an infinite number of rivulets, countless forks, all leading to a single mouth, the end of all things, in a river system that, viewed from overhead, would be the most fucked up map I've ever seen. And that's saying something after the inside cover of this book. Quote, The traditional Marvel Universe and its events, such as the formation of the Avengers, the coming of Galactus, and the death of Elektra and her subsequent rebirth, which seems comparatively minor, no offense Elektra, uh, these events, quote, make up only one such time stream. There are many others. In fact, every now and then, one of the heroes or villains from the Marvel Universe will travel into one of these alternate time streams seeking adventure. True Marvel fans know that this part is not true. DC superheroes travel into other time streams seeking adventure. Marvel superheroes travel into alternate time streams because, like, they're trying to avert a fascist dystopia, they've come unhinged because all of their relatives are dead, uh, they're the only survivor of a doomed timeline, they have to destroy an entire innocent planet Earth to save their own native planet Earth. Never anything good. These are not fun adventures. These are not hijinks. Marvel characters who move across timelines leave a wake of tragic bullshit behind them. 
So as you can see with the canoes, the infinite rivulets all leading toward one mouth, our metaphor is a little dubious already. But here's the dumbest thing in this page. And there's a spoiler here, but I just have to. There are a lot of other surprises in store. I gotta blow this one. Quote, Not many people are aware of the interesting fact that there are predators that swim through the time streams, just as sharks swim through the ocean. I mean, all predators are swimming through the time stream, but I'll allow it. I know what you mean. These are predators with those fancy upstream canoes. Quote, These creatures, called chronovores, feed upon time itself. Ah, yes. Now I understand, with the help of this clarifying analogy. Chronovores are predators who swim through the time stream, just as a shark swims through the ocean, which is in essence a large river, right? Ecologists, back me up. The ocean's a river. And furthermore, these chronovores feed upon time itself, much in the same way that sharks are notorious for eating rivers. A few things here. Number one, I, I somehow I feel like the word chronovore is familiar to me, and I can't quite place it, but I'll proceed through the book, see if anything else jogs my memory. But that nagging sense of familiarity aside, there's more on this page about what these chronovores might have to do with this adventure, which I'll keep under wraps for now. But it's not necessary to get into that, to make two observations uh, about why this section is the dumbest thing on this page. Number one, this is not a good metaphor. Time is a river, okay. For a simple, everyday understanding of real-life time, time is a river, that's fine. When we're talking about Marvel time travel physics, we have moved far beyond the river metaphor. It's counterproductive, because first of all, we've got the beginning of all things as the common origin of all later time streams via one initial river. I don't want to get deep into Marvel cosmology, but like there was a predecessor universe, there's like a cyclical beginning and end, there's a sliding timeline. This this common origin with one river to begin with, uh, I think is not accurate. More importantly, the idea that we're all being swept along through time's river, but then people with time machines have little motors on their canoes and can go back upstream if they want to. That would be fine if it were just one stream, but it's not. It's all these infinite rivulets, which raises the question of whether I can go upstream and then take a different fork and go into a different timeline, and complicates the analogy, because if I do something upstream to affect the flow of the river, that should affect what's downstream. But in this metaphor, the rivulets already represent diverging paths, because, because the motion of the river itself is the progress of time. So if I go back in time and, for example, unwittingly give the Nazis access to some manner of humongous tome with all the information they need to win World War II, that seems like I'm going upstream in my canoe and changing the flow of the river, but there's already a rivulet representing the Nazis winning World War II. But that rivulet, I feel like, could not be them getting their hands on this book, because I just brought that book with me. There, there was no fork where that happens, until I brought that book from downstream back upstream. Am I creating a new rivulet in the river? Does this mean that I can avert a possible timeline and eliminate a rivulet? Is there a timeline where I didn't eliminate the rivulet? Are we now talking about a four or five dimensional river here? I know it seems like I'm being nitpicky, but the point of this metaphor is clarification. And these are, these are the questions that we have. This is not time 101. We are not literal babies trying to understand the concept that one thing happens after another. We're player characters with a time machine trying to figure out what will be and won't be consequences of our traveling in time and making different changes, and this river metaphor is not helping. All it's good for is to tell me that most people just travel through time at the normal rate, one second per second into the future, but if you have a time machine, then you can go into the future or the past. That is the extent of this metaphor's explanatory power, and I've got that. I had that. Thank you. Then we introduce this idea of going to alternate timelines, which, Jesus Christ, First of all, it doesn't have anything really to do with this adventure. 
I mean, without too many spoilers, there happen to be some creatures from an alternate timeline here, but they're from a possible future, so I don't know whether you even call that an alternate timeline. It doesn't have anything to do with the concept here that you would move laterally from timeline to timeline, from rivulet to rivulet, using your fucking amphibious four-wheel drive off-road canoe. A complicated topic that does not work with this metaphor and has no bearing on this adventure. Like, I don't know why you're trying to explain this, but you haven't. The very top dumbest thing, though, is the chronovore here at the end. The chronovore is relevant to this story in some way, but it's like the whole metaphor is leading up to explaining the chronovore. Like, now that we understand time is a river and different timelines are different, are rivulets of the river, and they're all flowing toward the same mouth, just as all the branches of a river ultimately reconvene before re-entering the ocean, or the river to end all rivers, as it is sometimes known. All Now that we understand all that, we can understand the chronovore, which is like a shark. It's a predator that can move through time. But what we're going to see is that, as the text describes here, the chronovore doesn't eat creatures in time the way that a shark would eat a creature in the ocean or another lesser river. The chronovore eats time itself, and what that looks like is a totally random disruption of all of this. Like, we'll see it soon enough, but to the limited extent that time looked like a river before this chronovore started eating, it lost all resemblance as it got mangled in the fucking time teeth of this chronovore. We're not going to see time flowing in a linear fashion from moment to moment. We're not going to see timelines branching off from convenient logical fork points. We're not going to see movement across alternate timelines. What we are going to see, in fact, is the total disruption of even common sense time progression, which renders this metaphor totally pointless and, crucially, does not at all resemble what a shark does in the ocean. Anyway, there's more on this page, but it's spoilers. And in any case, I think we've been on this canoe long enough. Join me next time for a full page of avowedly inaccurate game statistics that we are encouraged not to use on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening.